as we cover many an insane movie and numerous cult TV phenomenons. Are you ready to get jacked up? Are you with us? Then listen on. very week we got voiceover actress holly fields welcome to the show hi thanks for having me anytime she's a professional adr voice actress and has had recurring video game role in the star wars old republic video game series her b-movie roles include communion full moon seed people and the first title i ever saw her in wishmaster 2 <laughs> <laughs> Had recurring roles on Equal Justice, Beyond Belief, and The OC, with guest spots on It's Gary Shandling Show, MacGyver, The Sentinel, and Arrow. So, once again, welcome, welcome. Hi. Anytime. I was supposed to recur on MacGyver, actually, but I couldn't go back to do the show. Because I was doing, <laughs> I was doing a series called um, Whole High with Kenny, or Kenny Ortega for Disney and NBC. So, I, I Richard Dean Anderson had written this really cool episode that I was supposed to come back to play and I couldn't do it. So they had to hire somebody else, but that was my favorite show. It, it is a shame that half the time you can always kind of get a sense of any guest spot. You're like, yeah, I have a feeling this is going somewhere and you just don't know if <laughs> like you say they did film something and they cut it for time or like you say, like, the writing staff changes or like you say schedule conflict i just got five other great gigs and i can't come back and do this show a year later. So, well it happens all the time like i was supposed to do the show um stargate actually they they've given me stargate they just offered it to me and i they didn't do it it's a long story but um yeah that that show was like kind of like a life changer for me because i just moved to la and i i didn't even know i was so young i didn't know what macgyver was and Next thing I know, I'm going off to Vancouver. I just shot a, a commercial with Madonna. I just had back surgery. So my doctor was trying to make me not do anything for a year. But I'm like, no, I'm going to go. I want to act. Yeah, so I, this medical bill is not paying itself. You gotta... Yeah, I'm like, I got it. And I was, I was like 13. And so anyway, so I, I, and I, I did pay for the surgery. So I did. Uh, so I went back and did MacGyver. I ended up in the hospital there because of my back. But, but I did the show. And it was amazing. And I love Richard Dean Anderson. No, absolutely. He's had his share of uh, hospital visits. Doing he does a lot of skiing, apparently. <laughs> yes, he had he 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 actually empathized with my back because he had he had surgery as well. So he was really <laughs> good to me about that. So good guy. That's cool though. That I, I did notice that a lot. Is like anyone who's like on a show is like then the next show that they do is like they you know <laughs> who did we buy 
uh, have on previously. Let's invite them back. <laughs> for a yeah, they do. Yeah, they, they, and I didn't know that. Like when they offered me the show Stargate, I'm like, oh, you don't have to hire me. And they're like, you know, later on they explained to me like, like I'm, I'm, and I guess a lot of people don't show up that way. So I didn't understand why they were trying to hire me. But I thought I, I thought I needed to audition and earn it. You know? Yeah. So, uh, but that show was a fun one to play. I, I was 13 playing a hooker, which is so funny because I was so naive and so innocent. But they like that. They like making the innocent-looking girl kind of, you know, the hooker. So the audience wonders, like, what's going? How did she become that way? Oh, and it was so well done, MacGyver. How they'd have such gritty material, and yet they'd shy away from it because it was still a light show. And so it's like just yeah. And it was the nineties. They they would always make sure. Okay, uh, any show like that, that's gonna be on after nine o'clock. It's a little too soon. <laughs> and now it is like back, backtracking a bit. Um, what what overall was the main factor growing up that conjured your entertainment interests? Well, okay, it's, it's a long story. I, 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 okay, so I didn't know back as a, as a kid that my great uncle was Howard Hawks. I, I knew that my great uncle was like this big director, but I, you know, I was a little kid. I was six years old when my mom first kind of told me about him. And he had directed like Gentleman Before Blonde, His Girl Friday, To Have or Have Not, Scarface, Rio Bravo. And my, his daughter, my second cousin, was married to Ned Tannen over at Paramount. But that's not how I got, I mean, they never helped me. That's not how I got in. But um, Molly Ringwald and I went to Sacramento. We were in school in Sacramento together. She's a lot older than I am, but we were in the same school. So my parents be, and her parents became friends. So my brother and sister that are a lot older, they would do theater with Molly. And so when I turned, I think, five or six, I wanted to audition too. And so they let me audition for People Looking Glass. I was too young, though. So they let me be the understudy for Molly. And then Molly's dad heard me sing one day, and he's a, a jazz musician, like brilliant. He can play, he's blind, and he can play anything. And he said, let me help you guys get her into singing, because she can sing. And then we moved to Texas, and he helped us he helped me get an agent. And they wanted me to do uh, Annie with Molly in L.A., but my parents wouldn't let me. My, my dad didn't want me to act. My mom didn't really either, but they just kind of, they knew I loved it. So I moved to Texas, started doing commercials like all the time, and I kept saying I need to get to LA. I was a little kid, like it was weird, I guess. Now that I, I'm an adult looking back, I had to get to LA. I went to LA when I was like 13, and um, my parents gave me a month to act. And if they said if you do well, you can stay. If you don't do well, you got to come back to Texas. So I did well. I got really lucky. Met with John Hughes. Um, ironically, my so my cousin was married to Ned Tannen, who was producing with John Hughes. And he produced 16 candles. So it all comes full circle. Right. Meanwhile, like, you know, that's so weird. Like he was, he made Molly Ringwald famous, but I didn't know any of this till like pretty much recently. So yeah, so the, I, I ended up getting lucky and I got a lot of shows. I got the big picture thanks to John Hughes uh, calling Christopher Guest and having him bring me in. And then I met with uh, Christopher Walken for a movie called, uh, a movie called Communion. Right. And I got, that it was it was like bam 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 i started working like all the time but i was a very driven kid i wasn't like the most talented or the prettiest or anything like that i was just so driven oh i i think that that was cool though because i mean you were basically just focusing on you and just your talents and instead of what you're hearing about in the town back then you know you're just like yeah just yeah i i was like mr magoo like no one i was told don't go to la you're never gonna work and I just put blinders on and I had actually worked with Madonna on a commercial uh, for Pepsi 
And she told me to always just you know, be blind and deaf and just look straight ahead. Don't listen to anybody. And, and I did. So, you know, I, I didn't want to believe that I wouldn't do well. I, you got to believe in yourself. It's hard in this world, but especially LA. But it's part of acting. Yeah. Just yeah. Like, I be, believe I'm this character. So I, therefore I believe yeah. I'm, I'm the shit I was man. Never. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I just believed I could do it. And I had worked a lot in Texas. I had done like over 200 commercials by the time I was 18. So I, was, I went to LA kind of, you know, I kind of knew how it all worked. And, uh, and I've been doing it since I was you know, six years old. So I wasn't that afraid. I, I was just a ballsy kid. Yeah, Absolutely. And yeah. basically, the, just like you had the fearlessness, you also could handle any kind of rejection. You're just like, okay, it's not perfect. Yeah, <laughs> back then I could. It's so funny because I've changed. So now I have, um, I, did, I had no fear back then. And now I'm, I'm a lot different than I was as a kid. I wish I had that same strength that I had as a child where nothing could, nothing could get to me. But now, you know, you, you've got, we have the online stuff where you can read your comments about you on social media and it's hard to just brush it off. But cause I'm, I'm, I'm very empathetic and I'm, I have, you know, I, I let things get to me and I, I always feel for everybody. I never want anyone to feel bad. So when I look online and see people say stuff, I'm like, Oh my God. And it hurts so much, but you just have to let it roll off. It's hard, but you know, I, I think, even with the mental health podcasts that are coming out, everyone's learning is like, okay, no, no fear complaining and begging for empathy. If you've been the one who's been, you know, doing awful things to people for the last five years, you know, yeah, <laughs> people are yeah. having to grow up now and realize. And I think even for a while, everyone seemed to just think mental health. Oh, so you're just someone who we lock up in a nut house. It's like, no, yeah. it can be no. any kind of breakdown or, you know, that's what midlife crisis are kind of coming. Yeah. To. <laughs> and I'm glad that people are realizing that, that now because I think they had like this whole other thought of what it was years ago. I know I did. You know, I didn't know about depression back then, and I've, I have friends that deal with depression, and I, I've dealt with it. And it's it's everyone has that, to some degree. Everyone has, yeah, especially with COVID and, and the war and all that. It's, it's a hard world, and I think having empathy is strength, and you know, having empathy others is so important, so oh important. Like every everyone should just like. You know, just be kinder to each other. I think the world could be the best place if we just worked on ourselves and had more empathy. A thousand percent. And, and I think everyone, is, especially social media, has had to learn is like, okay, don't feed the trolls. You know, they literally, know. They literally will become invisible after a while because half of them yeah. are just like looking for clickbait or trying to get a bad reaction out of someone famous or semi, yeah. you know, starting up. And other times it is just literally automated by some crappy hacker program. So you just got to be like, yeah, if you feed it, it literally yeah. will just keep conjuring up. If you don't say anything, it'll disappear. Just like that. And the, the, yeah. And the, the thing is, is that um, like, I always think about it this way. If, if people are happy, they don't say mean comments. They don't happy people don't have to go out and make other people unhappy. You know, they want to make other people happy. You know, it's happy people want people to be happy. Miserable people want people to be miserable. So, um, yeah, and I've been really lucky that people that follow me on Instagram. So, you know, I'd, I've had weird things happen too, but people have been pretty kind overall. It's so true. Uh, I, I think everyone's learning how social media was never cracked up to be. I mean, you're going to have to, you know, real followers versus fake follower gigs versus promotions and it's it's so true what you just said there yeah so how was it like just getting a young artist 
award nomination three times in a row though <laughs> that was awesome it was yeah used in film awards that was pretty fun it, back in the day uh you know i was i was homeschooled once i moved to la most of the, most i was i went to school for a little while and then, then i was homeschooled so a lot of the kids a lot of us didn't get to go to like the high school dance or parties so like those awards were kind of part like that that was our version of like high school awards i guess um even though it was bigger than that but um it, yeah, that was exciting. That totally. was exciting. It, yeah, and getting to hang out with your peers. Kind um, of a missed aspect of kind of fun stuff. It's like, hey, let's just do a fun spotlight on someone we saw the other day who yeah. I think is going to become big as opposed to let's yeah. be competitive and market it. You know. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm downplaying it. It was actually a pretty cool thing. I'm, I'm making it like a high school experience, which it wasn't. But um, it was, it was you were there with your peers, like all the kids. Like We used to go to this thing called Alfie Soda Pop Party. So basically we all the same kid actors we would always see each other everywhere so we it was fun to go to the awards together we were all rooting for each other as well which is interesting now that I look back at it everyone kind of had each other's backs people would think that there'd be competition I'm, I'm sure there was competition but it was like a healthy competition back then from okay. what I remember yeah Did but yeah you... using some awards were, they, were, they were fun I remember River Phoenix mm -hmm. won and I just loved him and he was sitting next to me and yeah, those, yeah, that was a really fun and very honorable award to win. Just very fun bonding experiences. At around that time, were you also just trying out other kind of talent shows or? No, no, I didn't even. That, that's the thing is like, I don't even know how. This wasn't like the Emmys and Oscars where you pay money. And then I didn't know that the, for the Emmys, you have to pay money and get, um, you know, you have to you're up to be nominated for an emmy is there's a lot of different processes for this show the youth inform awards they would nominate you so you would find out and then just show up so it wasn't like the, the award shows that we know of a lot of people don't realize like you don't just go to the you don't just get nominated for an emmy you have there's like a huge process you've got to pay money um and then you narrow it down and then you've got a committee voting it's uh it's not like what people think but the Youth Inform Awards kind of, that, that was more like, you just found out you got nominated and you got a ticket and they gave you a ticket and then you showed up and it was, it was really cool. It, it was a pretty cool thing for kids. I think it was the only award show back then for kid actors. Okay, sweet. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. And I think I was, I won the Best Newcomer Award. It was so long ago. It feels like a lifetime ago. Nice. <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah, it was fun. Now again, you're best known, you know, to those who don't know, ADR's additional dialogue recording half the time, you know, through various, you know, people shoot fast, so there's not always time for reshoots or whatever, or they just need additional dialogue to give the various extras and uh, just make make the scene come alive, you know. <laughs> they need random right. voices that are audible at a bar or crowd scene or police station or what have you and when you started up your voice emulation techniques just from the get-go did you start by just copying anything from like Saturday morning cartoons or was it just more of your favorite actor icons how did you find the various yeah. personas that are on scene but clearly apparent in the background <laughs> I remember I had just had back surgery and I was I was in bed for a month at the hospital I had to learn to walk again and everything so I had a lot of time in bed and I was watching cartoons and I kept telling my mom look I can I can imitate those people. And my mom's like, oh, that's cute. And I'm like, no, I can really imitate them. So years later. Actually do it. <laughs> I, yeah. And yeah. And so my, I, my agent's assistant said, you know, Cameron Diaz is looking for, you're looking for, DreamWorks is looking for a sound alike for Cameron Diaz for Shrek. 
and you sound like her. And I was like, no, no, I, I don't sound like her. And he kept saying, no, you, you do. And you've got that same energy. So he made me audition finally. And I went in and I booked it. And then I auditioned again and I booked it. And, and then again, and I found out it was Cameron Diaz that was choosing who, um, who got the job. She had final, final say. And so did DreamWorks. Um, so I, I kept booking it. And then finally she said, let's just hire her full time. So 20 something years of working as Princess Fiona. So I did all the game styles, toys, the pre vocals. I saw that. Yeah, it was the best job. I mean, it's still, I'm still working on it actually. I mean, people don't realize there's like, I just did a, a ride for somewhere, in, it's, it's a ride in China, Shanghai, and just a super cool ride. And I, yeah, so I'm doing, so Cameron Diaz does her voice for the movie, and I do almost like everything else. So, and a lot of singing for her and, all the commercials, like commercial products, like say McDonald's has a, com- a product that has Fiona on it. I'll go in and do Fiona because Cameron That's Diaz, nice. she's retired now, but she was at the time just so busy. And and the cool thing was I've always just loved her. I, I saw her in a 17 magazine years before she was famous. I'm like, that girl's so cool. She's going to be famous. And years later, she's famous. And we ended up meeting each other on an airplane. I was filming Touched by an Angel in Utah and she was filming. Nice. And, we, and we ended up, talking on the airplane on the way back and just the nicest person so getting to do her voice was such an honor and you know 20 something years and and it pays so like better than it my brother's a doctor and I'm getting paid more in one hour than he gets in a whole week so it's it's ridiculous but it's it's, I'm so thankful at the same time Uh, absolutely I've noticed a lot of film history people who studied her career and they just noticed like she it was very intriguing on how she kind of just would put on, you know, people associated with her, you know, the bad girl attitude on, you know, on screen and then behind the scenes, just a uh, very diverse pers- performer and entertainer. And then, you know, she comes out with the body bugs, just becomes this health and fitness icon all of a sudden yeah. and then silently yeah. retires. And uh, it's, it's all good. Cause it's just no big deal made of it. It's like her, she's done so many different personas. It's like, I know. <laughs> Now she has a, a wine. She's come out with wine, a, a very oh, organic. Really? <laughs> yeah, and I hear it's amazing. So you know, yeah, I just love her. I, 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 I'm, I've always been a fan of hers, and I love any movie she's done. I'm, you know, I'm always the first to go see it. So that is so rad, did, though. You got to meet your icon, and then yeah, you're, you're, you're getting yeah. fan mail for playing the character that she made famous. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, yeah, because I, I never even realized if you look up Princess Fiona that you have they put my name on, on there and I had, I had no idea until recently. And then I did a lot of stuff for Drew Barrymore. I went to high school with her when I first moved here and I got to do a lot of Beverly Hills Chihuahua for her because um, I knew her voice. And so I started copying, I used to, I would go in for Kate Bosworth for um, Brittany Murphy. I did a lot for uh, Haley Steinfeld, Kate, uh, Kate Beckinsale, uh, Anne Hathaway. So they, they like that. I've, I have uh, the credits. So I've done a lot of on-camera acting so they know I can act because a lot of voiceover actors aren't good actors. So they like people that can act that can also do sound alike. So, and I sing. So I think that's why I can copy. I'm not sure why I can copy it. They, they understand how, how far your range goes. And uh, I, yeah. a lot of sitcom stars and even other people, like you say, who had a mixture of like, they had like five different big tv show guest spots and then the rest of their careers was voice acting and so i think i i can really understand that it it seems like uh, the more diverse and different kinds of projects they see you do the more bigger chance they're gonna take on you 
Yeah, it's, yeah, and it's I got I came in at a time where there wasn't a lot of competition. There was competition, but not like there is now. So I kind of found my my niche kind of like by doing sound alikes. And I mean, I had done like tons of products. Like I did all the Wham Encore Bravo announcements and nice. McDonald's. I was under contract for them and under contract for, for close time. And I know. So I've I've been really lucky to to uh, to be in to do as well as I've done. And it's nice to stay under the radar and just you know go in there and record and then not have to worry about what you look like and right. You know, I, I was. You will be was stopped always, at the airport. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was my that was my biggest fear actually because I moved to LA and I remember I never wanted to be famous. I just I love there's different actors. So the actors that want the attention and then you have the actors that do the act because they like the escape. And I was the one that liked the escape. You know, I, I love getting into different characters and kind of playing out like roles that I've always wanted to try like play the edgy character that I wasn't in real life and play the the cheerleader and then switch you know next thing I know I'm doing another show where I'm playing a drug addict it was fun to play all these diverse characters without any like repercussions you know it was, it was just fun to kind of take on these different people and personas but um yeah so I got lucky just getting to do that and but yeah I was gonna say um so I was I had done a movie years ago called uh, the Suzanne Summers story, Keeping Secrets. And I played Suzanne Summers, and there was this great crying scene. And I got to see the final product. And I, this, the crying scene was kind of ruined because it sounded like somebody else's voice. And I found out that, that someone else had looped a little bit for me, and it sounded so fake. So that was why I really loved doing the voiceovers because I, I'm, I you love. You got the final say. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. And I'm like, well, I can make it better. I can make the performance equal or better because that's, that's the goal. You, if you're going to do the voice for somebody else, you want to make sure their performance stays up to par. You don't want to make it like what happened to me because I was so devastated because the scene was so good. And then you know this voiceover actor came in and they just they they didn't. Yeah, it was very frustrating. But so it's I've so been, true. But I've been, yeah, I've heard many stories about people who were like giving good performances and then for whatever reason just they have just a bunch of different recurring you know ADR people on the side and you know they would do it especially with people who were from another country making their American debut. And then next thing you know, everyone's saying, Oh, but they're not that great an actor. I'm like, well, because <laughs> it, it wasn't their voice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, if you have a bad uh, sound like artist, they can ruin the performance. So that's why I'm like such a stickler. Like I'm so, I won't like, I'll, I'll be making the producers do more takes if I'm not happy. Cause I just want to make everybody happy. So, which is why I think I've done well. I'm, I'm a people pleaser. That's that's awesome. Um, I guess. And I guess at this point, you can say you you've lived your life with no regrets. <laughs> I know I've had a great life. I'm I've. It's funny because oh, so I was going back to what I was saying about uh, different types of actors. Um, yeah. So back when I moved up to LA, I remember Rebecca Schaefer, who was my favorite, and she had been murdered actually, and I had been to her place two weeks before it happened, oh, and I remember. Yeah, and I remember thinking, God, I don't want to be famous because that's what will happen. And like people, they, they would stalk me, or I thought, I, I just thought that that would be so scary. So my goal was to just keep working. I just wanted to work all the time and have nobody know who I was. So that was that was me. Like a, a lot of people want to be famous, I just didn't want to be. So yeah, I, I lived my life with no regrets because that's I did exactly what I wanted to do. I didn't come to LA to be Julia Roberts, um, right? Or you know, I just wanted to work. So yeah, I've 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 done everything I've wanted to do so far in life. So in I'm, many I'm really ways, thinking. it worked in your favor. Yeah. You, you never got comfortable 
because you just know it's like, okay, you know, something's going to happen. You know, house might burn down, rolls might slow down this week, month. You don't know. <laughs> so just keep. You just don't know. Yeah. But I never, I mean, I, I always, I was always working. I retired, uh, you know, years ago for on, from on camera, but I was still working when I retired. People, I, I had gotten sick. It's a long story, but I, I was sick for a while. I, nobody knows why. I just was sick, just exhausted one day, and that lasted for a few years. And I, I'm healthy now, but um, maybe I was just burned out. We're not sure, but um, yeah. So I was on the OC. Pressure, you know. <laughs> there's a lot of that's the thing is, and that's, there's a lot of pressure in this business, and it, I don't. It's not good to start out as a kid with that much pressure. I think, you know, having to, you know, here I was a little kid going from audition to audition and I'm a people pleaser wanting to make all these producers happy and I would memorize everything, go in and give it my all. And you gotta, you know, that can only go on for so long until you become exhausted. So. And it's dangerous too, because like you see so many other beloved celebrities and some of them end up doing a cool thing where they actually kind of found a, a uh, nonprofit site because they know they can actually make a difference for other people who have their, uh, yeah. and then there's others who, uh, you know, that pretty much becomes, you know, the paparazzi feeds on that. Oh, will they rebound into their well-known addition? Yeah. This is like, Oh my oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> now they're being no, my, exploited. <laughs> my, my thing is like, I've been trying to help others because when I got sick, like I, I learned a lot about medicine and, and a lot about natural cures and I got healthy again. I was doing vitamin <laughs> IVs and, I don't, you know, I don't know the whole, it sounds so simplistic, but I got healthy again with just doing a few of those. So if your body kind of balanced out and then your body can heal itself basically. So that's one thing I've been really dedicated to is learning about health. I wanted to be a doctor for a while. My brother's a doctor. So I just, you know, I thought I could do it too, if he can do it, but I've been helping nice. people <laughs> get better. Like I, 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 that's been like one of my, my dreams is to like help people heal because when I was so sick, I, I just thought I was going to die. There was a point where I just couldn't get out of bed for a few years. Like I was literally in bed for a few years in 2016, 17, 18. And then part of 19, that's when I finally tried the vitamin IVs. Didn't think they were going to help. I had, I had done a spinal tap at UCLA. I found out I had brain inflammation. Nobody knew why. They thought Lyme disease for a while. And then I got tested for that six times. Don't have that. Thank God. Um, but yeah, I think, I think everyone's waking up now, post-COVID now, because there's like, okay, it yeah. can't all be COVID. It can easily be a mutation that we don't have any solution for. So we got to think fast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you just have to stay healthy. You got to keep your immune system up. And yes, I've been like a big advocate for health and just staying healthy and detoxing and, you know, don't do drugs. <laughs> just say Isn't no. Wild though. <laughs> it's like, there's so many different, everyone seems to think that there's just one solution for everything and it's like no everyone's got different you know metabolism right yeah you're right <laughs> yeah what, what, and what works for one may not work for the other you know like i did the vitamin c IV, and they would mix other vitamins in but maybe that would work for somebody else that has the same symptom but yeah, yeah i learned a lot like there's different I, formulas if i for instance am not going to exercise but i also know okay so then the only card left to play is eat better and yeah, I've all healthy, been about clean. not doing, you know, soda pop and all this other crap. Right. Giving up certain right. chocolates is like you've enjoyed it the first twenty times. What is going to be any <laughs> different on the thirtieth sensation of eating this, you know, awful oh, chocolate I product? Love, <laughs> I love chocolate. I know. <laughs> if anything, yeah, I'm now going to eat dark chocolate because at least yeah, that dark is so much better for you. Yeah, I mean, it's so important to eat clean and stay healthy and keep your, you know, really love your body and be 
you can have your fun days too. I mean, you shouldn't have to be totally strict. Sure, <laughs> but but you know, you, you it's so important to eat clean, especially nowadays. With if you're gonna going to go on, eat tacos, eat a, at a better taco place as opposed to one which is yeah. kind of uh, you know uh, sunflower oils and other crap. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> or go make your own. Go to farmers market and go to a local like. I like farmer's market and make your own tacos. And I've been learning how to cook lately. So that's my big, exciting venture right now. Isn't it amazing how now there's even just other products and no, we're, I'm not endorsed by them, but I, I just love how it's like, there's, I've had many pals use blue apron. I've been using green chef and I was like, it's like, and then you can even customize what they're customizing for you. It's like, yeah, no, I don't like that ingredient, yeah. but I'll use the rest of this and combine it with what I'm already using. <laughs> Right, isn't it? I, I just love all these food services lately. They, it's been so fun. I've been doing HelloFresh, and I, that's when I got interested in cooking. So now I'm, I will have to I'm not the best out. cook or anything. Yeah, HelloFresh is really good. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not endorsed by them at all. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you I love them. I'm up one day. Hey, you want a good spokesperson? I will do you. <laughs> <laughs> I will do it for free. Just give me some maybe a product every once in a while and I'll, I'll do it for free. Right. Better than I, total I, I, gym I, or a, you know, a dog commercial. You know? <laughs> I would do the dog commercial. I love dogs. So I'll do anything. Okay, well, dogs. Even better. They'd be the talking dog, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'll do it. A pet I, 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 yeah. I'm not, I'm not picky. <laughs> um, uh, mean, speaking of the commercials, going back to that, what, what do you think is your favorite commercial? Is it the Madonna one or is it, <laughs> oh no well i did a really fun i do a, i did one with james earl jones that was really fun we all sang um then nice. i did i did one with johnny knox oh no no michael johnny knox what was fun that's on um it's on uh, youtube but i did one with michael j fox that was probably my favorite commercial i've ever done would you say you can find I, easily I, most of them or some of them lost um, somewhere? <laughs> a lot of them are lost i mean i i've done a lot of commercials um but the michael j fox one that's also i think one of them is on uh, YouTube, but yeah. So I, I mean, I so I I loved Family Ties. So when I was doing Ooh. Quantum Leap, I would always see uh, Michael J. Fox because we filmed on the same lot, and he'd be sitting. I think he was doing Back to the Future at the time. So I just I just loved. I had the biggest crush on him. So uh, I saw him when I was filming Quantum Leap, and then I saw him again another time. And then next thing I know, these awesome casting directors who are like my favorite casting directors for commercials, they said. Um, you know, you're up for an audition. You're, you're up for something with Michael J. Fox, and they basically got me the job. These two casting directors. They were called the Monkey Brothers. Just the best guys ever. That is so, an amazing name. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So the next thing I know, I'm doing this commercial with Michael J. Fox, and my dream like came true. He was the nicest, nicest guy. We worked together for three days, and uh, I was just sitting. It was just the two of us sitting there talking one time. Like he was, he was massaging my back because I was, I you know, had back surgery. And he said, how did, he saw the scar and he said, how did that change you for the better? And I, I had never thought about that before because I always thought it was like a bad thing that I went through. And he goes, no, no, it's a good thing because it, it's going to give you empathy. It's going to, it's going to change your perspective of the world and yourself and life. And it really did. And it, that talking to him about that actually made me appreciative for what I had been through because I had to learn to walk again and I had a body cast for a year as a child. And and at the time, I just thought it was such a bad thing, but he made me see a different perspective of all of that, which I was so appreciative appreciative of because I was, you know, twenty and I think twenty at the time when I worked with him. He became a campaigner for anyone with disabilities, and 
Well, he had he had known he had uh, Parkinson's at the time. No one else knew it, but he was going to his dressing room a lot because he was having handshakes. And um, so I, I could tell something was going on, but it just just the fact that he was so curious about what I had been through and how it changed me. So I think he knew he was about to go on that road. But uh, he was nicer than you could even imagine. Just so and cuter. Like he glowed. Like I knew when he walked in the room because you could just see him coming. He was coming towards me. I didn't have my glasses on, but you just knew it was him. I, right. It was weird because <laughs> he glowed. I mean, he really glowed. It was really weird. His aura just—I, I, yeah, great guy. That's incredible. And yeah, like like you say, I mean, I, I mean, you've been seeing it with just fictional programs. I think everyone just learns what kind of you know over the top humor they were having, and you know, obviously we're always going to be trolled by people saying, oh, the industry is too politically correct. But, you know, nowadays I don't even see anyone even bothering. There's like, you know what? Making fun of anyone who's got some kind of disability just so behind us now. Fucking oh, just yeah. slapstick or other things that's more agreeable as opposed yeah. to belittle someone who, you know, can't help themselves. Like that's how they were yeah. born. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I, I, I've always been that way. Like I, I'm always, I always root for the underdog and yeah, right. no one, no one should ever make fun of anybody, especially for things they can't help. You know, everyone has their own journey to go on. So I think you should, people should just let other people live their lives and be supportive and be good to people. Is my philosophy in life. Oh, totally. I, I I'm already over so many different comedians. We're like, oh, I guess I better retire because I'm going to get canceled. I'm like, you should. <laughs> You're going to yeah. be that unoriginal. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think I think comedy could be done without putting anybody down. Like I, that's why I love like Ellen DeGeneres and Jerry Seinfeld. They don't have to put people down. They don't have to swear. They're funny, just being themselves. That's a good just- contrast because yeah, Ellen decided well, I'm just going to become a TV show host, and Seinfeld was like, I'm not much of an actor, so after this ends, yeah. I'm not doing anything. I'm going back to doing stand up. He <laughs> <laughs> doesn't have to. Yeah, I know. I used to go to the my friends wrote Seinfeld, so I used to go to the set of Seinfeld all the time and he would we would go in the audience he would say give me a word and we would give him like a random word like broom for example and I gave him one of the words so I know it wasn't like premeditated and he was he was so funny just on his own just brilliantly funny and that's what I think makes a great comedian just people that think fast and on their toes and that's so hard to do he didn't have to swear and you know do anything raunchy he just he was just so quick and clever and funny. We would leave the tapings with our stomachs hurting just from laughing so much. <laughs> That's a great day. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. That those were the days. I I miss shows like Seinfeld. Totally. Um Yeah. And do you think just other people are going to continually kind of be more influenced especially uh by multi just branching out? much like yourself because now you're seeing i mean the new mystery science theater is on and one of the writers they have on is someone who's been doing all kinds of jim henson and gremlins type puppetry but we're seeing stuntmen now become action directors we're seeing uh all these other just kind of pop singers become executive producers of tv shows you know i I think it's great i think the way the world is nowadays it's a lot easier to do that i think back in the day it wasn't but uh there was this yeah, I mentality, don't go outside your, you know, your range. Your yeah, I mean, that's what going. I was told. <laughs> yeah, well, my grandfather told me when I was a kid, because I wanted to be a singer, I wanted to do Broadway, I wanted to do TV, and he, I wanted to do it all. And he said, choose one and just be great at it. And so I chose acting. And I was a better singer than I was an actress, but I, I didn't 
sing for so long. And then I ended up getting a record deal years later. But my grandfather, he was wrong. And I loved the man. God bless his soul. But he, he was a musician. And he said, just choose one or the other. So I chose the acting. But I, I, nowadays, you can do it all. You know, I I'm see so these- glad you said that, though. Because, like, you kind of need both the... But that's the right kind of opposing opinion and helping you shape your talent. Because, like, I had a cinematographer professor, and he said he hated music videos. He thought they were just where hacks go to die. And yeah. probably my best work to date is probably working on some music videos. But I, I, music video. I well, and that's fine. But I, I needed that because, like, I, I needed to see because he was a very constructive kind. You know, he worked with Franco Nero in Italy and all these kinds of guys. He's a very wonderful Greek, you know, professor. And um, yeah. you, you see all these other guys who would work for a few things and just seem to just kind of abuse their position and belittle other people. And it's like, well, oh. you kind of haven't earned your keep, regardless of whatever your year in. So that's cool that you had someone who, you know, is like, you can respect him because he has been various places. And so he's just going off of what he knows. Right. Or you take the plunge and say, I got to make this executive decision right here, right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I wish I, I wish at the time, cause I really did take his word for it. I wish I hadn't, I did get to do Broadway. Um, I did a lot of theater, but I wish I had done the acting and the singing equally. I really, really hundred percent, like, well, 90% focused on the, well, hundred percent for a long time on the acting. But meanwhile, I missed out on having a record deal. Um, I, my, my voice coach was Seth Riggs and uh, Fergie was, singing with him and he wanted both oh, nice. for, uh, Stacey, oh, nice. yeah, Stacey Ferguson and I so he was trying to get us both to get a record deal and I'm like no 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 I've got to act and she's like okay I'll sing and you know she became Fergie but um, you know I I don't know what I who knows I but I ended up getting a record deal years later because I had done the Gary Shandling show and the producer of it had this in in Japan he said do you want to get a record deal because we sang on the show this one episode was all every everything was sung it was hilarious um so I said, I don't want to be the center of attention, though. I don't want to be the lead singer. How about I do a group? So I put some other girls together, and we did harmony. We were like a bad version of the Spice Girls, and it was so much fun. So we got to go over to Tokyo and tour and be on MTV there. I saw it was, had a Tokyo touring tour, but I wasn't familiar with it, but that's great. Oh, it was so fun. And then we did the show uh, Sabrina, the Teenage Witch, with the, I think it was the Backstreet Boys, or I always confuse them, but yeah, and that, that was voice, one of the two. <laughs> I always can I know, right? Uh, so do uh, I. <laughs> it was so it was really fun. Yeah, I had a. Uh, I mean, I've had such a fun life. I don't have any regrets. I mean, I've done a lot. Um, I've done what I want. I came and did what I wanted to do, and now I'm trying to figure out like what's the next thing I want to do in life. And I, you know, with COVID kind of going away, which is great. It's I'm going to figure that out soon because. I love singing. I still want to, I still sing actually. I, sing, I do a lot of stuff for Disney and DreamWorks, but I don't think a lot of people know about that. And I do a lot of commercials like jingle singing. That's great. Well, we're both yeah, just, Dallas, Texas, uh, youngins. And, uh, yeah. uh, I, I know, uh, just a shout out. I know there's always a bunch of actor studios who every once in a while are looking for someone to like, uh, do like a seminar. So <laughs> I've done that. I, I used to teach kids acting, but I would do it for free because I didn't want to charge. But yeah, my friend Melissa Scoff, she, she was the one that cast me on um, Quantum Leap and Jag. She she was teaching acting classes, so I got to come in as their, her guest coach, and I would I got to teach acting all the time. It was so fulfilling because being a kid actor myself back in the day, I knew how to talk to the kid actors. 
So I actually took this one little girl who was amazing and I got her an agent and now she was, she was starring on the show, uh, just roll with it and young Sheldon. And she's, she's working all the time and she's so talented. That's see, that's, and that's the moment you remember as opposed to, Oh, I forgot yeah. the line one day and the director said something <laughs> funny. And I was like, no, this is way more in the moment. I made a friend. I yeah, made just, someone just resonate. I, well, I'm, I'm, like, I just love, I love seeing people's lives change for the better. Like her, her older sister, I got her a series for, um, it's called uh, the dream team. It was a show by the producers of modern family and she was a soccer player, but she also could act. And so I got her the audition and, she booked the job. I, I, I kind of taught her how to, she was a little bit overacting because she had done theater. So I taught her how to walk in a room and audition and she learned so fast and she did such a great job and she got the show. It didn't sell, unfortunately, but getting to see that, like the spark in their eyes and, the, and getting to see their lives change for the better, that feels so good. Oh, These totally. little kids like doing well and that'll change their lives forever. And it, it gives them confidence and it makes me happy to see. Yeah. And I think everyone's just branching out now, uh, much like there's a lot of groups and even websites that are dedicated to find cult and lost films. I, I think, like you say, a lot of people are even looking back on canceled TV shows, just saying it was too brilliant for TV or, hey, at yeah. least I got all the experience. And then I went on to do all these five other mega hits because I had that experience. And <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of, like, I did a show, I was like, Cheers, Cheers was canceled. Um, and then the, the the fans brought it back i did a series called whole high years ago that was so good it was the producer was and the director was kenny ortega he did you know the descendants for disney and he's now another he's, guy yeah he's a stuntman uh for oh, most of his career and now he's a giant director of disney shows. yeah he was a choreographer yeah he just just and probably the best director i've ever worked with because the way he thinks he thinks everything in a choreographed 3d dimensional way um but yeah so he so they cast me on that and um whole high was just so so before it's time so they actually remade it into high school musical and then that became huge but oh wow i yeah, didn't like, oh, hear about that but i would never hear anyone cite what the what it was remade from they they just said oh it's a yeah. remake but what is this a remake of oh, it's well, not like, it, it was more like a branch off than a remake but it was whole high was so good we'd all break into song and you know that was back in the I think it was with the nine late eighties. I think nobody knew. No one knew how to take it. That's when we had cop rock as well, which did a lot better. And nine or two and zero. And I was up for nine or two and zero, and I'm like, I don't want to be on a show for Fox. I didn't know what Fox really was, and I thought NBC for Disney. Yeah, so I chose the wrong one, but um, I actually chose the right one in my eyes. But to everyone else, they said I chose the wrong show. Nine or two and zero ended up taking off. Um, but yeah, whole high was so much fun. It was, it, but it was before its time. I think if you put that on the show, on the air nowadays, it would be a huge hit, huge hit. Uh, it totally. was so many, the most amazing actors were on the show too. Everyone was so talented and they could all sing and dance and act. And it was such a great show, but yeah, a lot of shows are before their time and it's all about the timing, unfortunately. Totally. And yeah. Peacock and Apple TV plus have launched, uh, or, are you tempted to try and get on any of those upcoming streaming shows? Mm -hmm. No, I I think I'm I'm good with not acting. <laughs> I I I'm, I I've done on ca on camera my whole life pretty much, and I oh, kind of voice because I know they're trying to do cartoons. Oh, for cartoons! Oh, totally. I I would love to do. I love doing cartoons. Yeah, no, I was gonna say that the pressure of the on camera 
But yeah, hell, you might hard. even be a voice announcer in Ted Lasso. I, it could, it could <laughs> well, I got to, I kind of retired from, I mean, I still work on Shrek whenever they ask in Star Wars. And I, I've just kind of retired the last few years and I'm enjoying life. But I, yeah, I love cartoons. I would love to go back and do a few cartoons and just, you know, keep that, keep that going. I'd be happy with that. I love it. And it also yeah. just, I mean, you mentioned all these great, you know, PSAs and nonprofit causes, and it, and it helps that, you know, when you did the Wishmaster panels in Star Wars Old Republic, that a lot of your co-stars are from the same ilk, where they're, you know, doing a lot of nonprofit stuff, you know, and... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, and they're all so talented. Yeah, no, I think it feels good to do a lot of the nonprofit stuff. That's, a lot of actors do that. Uh, hell, your fellow co-star, Andrew DeVoff, uh, I came this close to meeting him years ago. Uh, I, I love to, him. I, I only got Sorry. to meet his Wishmaster 2 co-star, uh, Robert Lissardo, but it was... Oh, I love uh, him. Yeah, uh, totally. too. And I remember those ca- that convention experience because I saw kind of how more independent this particular one was. It was just at a hotel. The Westin went rented for a weekend. But it was cool because, yeah. like, instead of just, hey, you know, pick out a giant, you know, DeLorean from Back to the Future or lightsaber from Star Wars, it's more, here's all these other independent movies mixed in with some more mainstream, uh, better yeah. known, you know, Evil Dead, uh, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street type, type stuff. But yeah. half the proceeds would go to a dog charity. And I'm like, that's yeah. awesome. But yeah, my, yeah, I just don't charge. That's the thing. I got in trouble because I don't like to charge for autographs. I just think that if people, have paid to see my film, they deserve an autograph. I, I got in trouble because my autograph agents kind of need to be paid. But yeah, Andrew Deboff is amazing. And I love Tammy Lauren. She was the girl in the first right. Master. And the reason why I think, you know, both she and Andrew are the reason why it did so well because they're so talented. But yeah, uh, Andrew. Just, just Andrew, like you, just same walk of life was a, you know, 80s kid actress and TV star. and then <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And I was always such a fan of her that I just, she is so talented and she quit acting and she's so good. But Andrew Devoff, uh, he's such a great guy and getting to work with him was a dream come true. So hopefully Excellent. we get a new Wish, Wishmaster 5. That's one thing I would go back to do on camera for was if, because we've been talking about Wishmaster 5 and I would definitely be up there, for that. I can tell you right now, there is an audience for it it's just there is everyone's been asking for it i'm like yeah andrew knows that he, and he's he said he'll only go back if it's like amazing well we i was supposed to do Wishmaster three and four and i was asked to do it but my agent had actually passed on it without telling me ah. and i know i found that out years well i think two years later and i totally would have done them i i i loved my character and i loved working for those people that i i would have in a heartbeat but yeah i didn't even know i didn't even know he passed on it and that. I guess the money wasn't yeah. right for him. I, I would have done it for free. I just love my character. and I know I Andrew to this day franchise. is still angry. And I can say this because it's been multiple years because he gave him a great script for part three. Yes, he did. He did. Some of the millennium. I, and then next thing you know, they're like, well, we won't buy it, but we'll kind of steal it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And he was going to direct it as well. And we had already, he had already asked me to be in it. And I said, yes, for sure. And yeah, so I'm hoping part five will will happen and i hope andrew writes it i saw that panel it. you were on where kurtzman the director and special effects you did. revealed that <laughs> yeah. uh you know our youtube's a wonderful thing but it was just all the stuff yeah. you can't go to but he's like i still have a custom-made poster of Candyman versus wishmaster in my office i'm like well hell <laughs> even the, le- put the leprechaun of warlock in there people will see it they even if it's candy yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know it does the thing is like people like that it, it, nobody not everybody wants to go see an Oscar award-winning movie every time it's fun to have like a fun movie just to 
just to go see and enjoy a wrestling match equivalent of a movie yeah 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 that's the thing is like there's that sometimes you just need some fun fun movies to go see and something kind of you know something to relax and watch and laugh at you know or or scream at or you know whatever your whatever movie you're seeing comedy horror whatever sci-fi i'm a big sci-fi fan as well and i love horror films as well so i love i was very excited to get wishmaster too totally and I was actually up for part one. So. Oh, excellent! <laughs> yeah, I, I, was, I was up for the yeah I was up for the sister, and I I gotten all the way to the audition, and I was about to go in, and my agent called and said, "Don't go in; they've already cast it." I was devastated. So when part two came along, I I was like, "I'm gonna get this because I what happened before? I was so mad, and I got it. So it actually ended up being a good thing that I didn't get the first one. So for anyone i always realize sometimes you know bad luck can turn out to be good luck in disguise and you just won't realize it till years later and yeah because the sister is such a small part in the first one you got you got to be yeah star in part two at least yeah yeah i got i got a good deal out of it so it's all okay totally well and i'm mentioning all these other cartoons I'd still love to see on something like Archer or even Star Trek Lower Decks. <laughs> There's so many. I would love that. <laughs> yeah, difference. I mean, I, I, oh man, in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat. Well, they were talking about, uh, what, well, they they were talking about one for me that I was supposed to do for Disney and I'm, or DreamWorks, well, no, sorry, Disney. And I, I don't think I could talk about it, but hopefully that'll happen for a cartoon. So we'll see, we'll see. Isn't it wild though how half the time, like, You'll, you'll see all this stuff that was created and it was like decades later and it was like based off of a sizzle reel that everyone took a while to buy or do something with or i mean you see isa ray and it's like how did she get her start she was doing funny stuff on youtube and someone at hbo was watching and <laughs> gave her her show so it's like oh wow it, it's just so wild i mean mr in between that was a cult movie from 05 and it just took years later that they said oh you know breaking bad's a thing why don't we do our own kind of dark comedy for fx and so it's just so wild how like you say i mean this thing that you're doing now it could easily take off it's a shame that it might take three to seven years you know you don't know yeah it's all it's all about the timing yeah i i just kind of being that i've been there for so many years i've seen stuff almost take off and then not take off and then other things take off that you didn't think would you just kind of have to roll with it and not let it get to you right i learned yeah yeah I mean, it's not like I had this spinoff for Alf years ago, and then it, it didn't happen. But then I had married, I did married with children. I was up for the daughter, and it, they either were going to go sluttyish or cheerleaderish. And I was like a lot younger, it's a younger choice, but cheerleaderish choice. And I didn't get it, obviously. It was this girl, Tina Casperi, got it. Then they recast it with Christina Applegate. But they gave me the spinoff with Jennifer Aniston, which was a show called Sunday Funnies, which was so good. Uh, but then Brandon Tartikoff left NBC, so they dropped our show. And we were sold for 13, and it was so That's so the dirty part, is when uh, the new yeah. blood comes in, the new executive, then they're like, I yep. want nothing to do with it. I want its new identity. I want to leave my mark. Yes. It's a shame, because it's like, well, people aren't ready to go let go of these new products. These are your best oh, And they let, they let us go, though. I mean, we were sold for 13. It was so me, Christina Applegate, sorry, no, me, uh, uh, my gosh, uh, Jennifer Aniston, and uh, it was Kirsten Dunst as well, and, and Christina Cavanaugh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was really great cast. Like we, there were we were like an amazing cast, and it was all kind of like it started out on the Sunday paper, and then it came to life. And it was like we would all play different characters each time, so it was kind of like Saturday Night Live. And it was such a really well written show. But Brandon Tartikoff left, and then 
we were done. Like literally told the next day do? we're done. And, uh, shot. I thought you was, said you also like, did some ADR for Kristen Dunst years later. No, not for Kirsten Dunn. Okay. No, I, I'm reading. No. I know you're in one of the Spider-Man games, so maybe they thought, "Hey, so much oh yeah, no, I worked with her." You know, yeah, no, I did. A, I did. A, I played Black Cat, and um, I got lucky. Wait, was it? Yeah, with Tobey Maguire, Kirsten Dunn. They wanted like a huge name for it, but the the producers were like, "Nope, we're gonna go with you." So that was pretty cool and really fun to play. No, totally. So, yeah, Spider totally. Spider-Man Two. Yeah, and Alfred Molina. We had a great cast: Alfred Molina, Tobey Maguire, Kirsten Dunst. And isn't it wild, though, too, how now they're doing motion capture with all these games? And so... I know, right? You know, yeah. Roger Ebert, you can, you can, you know, rest in peace, good critic, but you can <laughs> uh, yeah. ease back on video games will never have as big an impact as movies. I see so many people, oh, for the reason yeah. that it's not that they hate movies, they just need something easy to unwind, so they'd rather play video games with their friends on, like, Steam or Twitch yeah. or whatever, you know? Yeah, it's it's. A, I love video games. You know, I grew up with you know Frogger and Pong, not right? Pong, but Frogger. That's, that's and now, as simple like, as one. <laughs> yeah, but nowadays, like, oh, they're so incredible. I I have a friend Tiffany, and her husband plays uh, with the kids because he works for a video game company, and the stuff coming out is so incredible. You feel like you're really in the game. So I I love it. And I love the motion capture. You see all these actors, you know, these A-listers who were avoiding it for the longest time, yep. and they're warming up to it. It's like, because they're actually oh, yeah. on stage. It's like, it seemed like it took, I guess, breakthroughs like Avatar or what, what have you to just make people realize it's more than just 3D. People are actually in the scene. Like, like we can make yeah. fun of how Vin Diesel only has one line as Groot in Guardians of the Galaxy, but he's still on set every day playing Groot sometimes yeah. yeah oh yeah oh yeah and and that's the thing like now nowadays like the voice of the huge stars want all the voiceover jobs too so that's been interesting to see how that's all changed so it is wild too because like that's i think because like you say dreamworks really hit a big with shrek and then they got criticism for like half the time they just do stunt casting you're like well that'll make it sell but this person's just not that great a voice actor there's better on screen than <laughs> yeah yeah but i mean there's some that are really good like i thought cameron diaz was amazing um and mike myers me and eddie murphy eddie murphy's one of my favorites yeah uh beverly hills cop yeah so yeah there's but then you've got some that aren't as good on camera uh, they're better on camera than they are voiceover but they hire them because of who they are so right and it's just so yeah. wild how certain character actors is like they can have like free well-known like uh, live action roles and then their t kids or teens grew up watching them at least on two different cartoons like I, I know that's the case with Gary Cole you know there you, go. you can say yeah it's an office space but other people know him as you know his various adult swim roles so it's like there you go yeah. it's, it's amazing and nowadays so many famous actors are doing cartoons you don't even realize it till you read the credits so oh a lot of times yeah because yeah, I, I don't think I have there's so much stuff on that that's not even on the IMDb that I've done um, I don't know how to put that. I don't even care about putting it up, really. But, um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's like there's there's stuff that I've done that like a lot of like cartoon stuff that and like like I never even got credit for Beverly Hills Chihuahua, but I worked on that for a few weeks. But sometimes they just want to pay you, and then they don't want you, people to know that you've done like a lot of the lines for Drew Barrymore, for example, or Kate Bosworth. I did a lot of her voice for um, while we were here. But they want people going. People don't want to go to the movie to hear you. They want to go see Kate Bosworth, as I would. So they just kind of keep it on the lowdown. Well, 
Uh, but I'm okay with that. I, I hope you get to meet some of these other icons you've helped make sound better again years later. How awesome would it be? You show up at Comic Con, you get to meet Haley. I've done that. <laughs> I did that. I was working. I, I ran into Melora Hardin in uh, in the bathroom oh, nice. one day, and I was like, I, I just did your voice for uh, the what was it, uh, Hannah Montana game, and she didn't. It was so funny. She's like, I didn't even know they did the Hannah Montana game. Yeah, she's like, do my voice. So that, that was pretty fun. Getting to you know see That's the people great. I've worked for, done their voice for. Yeah, it's it's a fun job. I've I've I'm definitely thankful for what I've done, and I've had a good time. Well, that's uh, that is great. And uh, again, I hope anyone listening to this uh, does get some inspiration. It's like just coast through, just. <laughs> Yeah, just if if you want to do, I mean, voiceover is so hard to get into now, but it doesn't mean that you won't work. I mean, it's some people get in, and I have a friend, a lot of friends that were told they'll never like me. I was told I would never work if I went to LA, and if you listen you're to that, you're not gonna have fun. You're not gonna be big. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's not you know why I can't. I just wanted to work, but I I still went, and it's if people believe it, then they're not gonna they're not gonna do do a good job, or they're not gonna work, but. I think it's so important that if you really want to do something, go for it and don't let anyone tell you, you can't do it. Because and you there never you go. know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so just one, just one final question before I let you go. Um, sure. Uh, uh, just uh, for, again, yeah, you've, you've had some wonderful advice here for those who are in it or trying to get into it. Um, what, what are just, is just one other thing you know, that you just recommend everyone do while they pace themselves, you know, while spending a whole day, you know, submitting voice auditions, however they do it, or going to auditions. Uh, just what, what's just another thing to just kind of keep your mind positive? I always find, just have fun, like have fun at the audition. Don't, you know, the job isn't the everything. The, just having a good time and loving what you do is the most important thing. So when you have an audition, you know, go in and make that the fun part. If you're going into audition for them in person, which they don't do much anymore of, but just have fun and do your best. Always, always be prepared. That's the most important thing. And, you know, people always think it's luck. A lot of times it's because that person was prepared and just enjoy, enjoy every second of it and make it, mm -hmm. make it your own. You know, if you see something in the breakdowns where they want this type of character, if you're, that's one thing Brittany Murphy actually taught me. Um, she said, I'll change it. Be so good that they're going to change it to make it where they want you instead of, I've done that. Like they wanted one type of character and then I went in and they totally changed it to be like the character I went in and showed them. So a lot of times they, they have it in their mind one way with one character that they want. And then you come in and you do such a good job that they'll be like, oh no, let's change the character. Let's rewrite it for right. this person. So, oh, so don't we'll let that. Five other roles that. You know. Yeah, <laughs> or they'll remember you later on. Like if if you just go in and do a good job, have a good time, and be a professional, and you know, be kind and and good and everything, they'll remember you. They 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 write down the names of the people they like. So don't let that dissuade you if you didn't get the job because maybe it went to the daughter of the producer or the wife or you just you never know the friend's friend. But just as long as you're going in and having a fun time doing it, that's what's important to me. So, and they and they pick up on that when you're having fun. They they like to watch people having fun, so have a good I, time and you know. Well, very badass of you. So glad to have and you. And don't here. care, and don't yeah. do it for the money either. And don't ever think about the money or the fame. Just just go in and do it for the fun, and everything else will come along with it. If you're right, if, if you're yeah, 
how, how, a bunch of us can name job interviews we didn't even try for and we got but we didn't want because something you know, we really wanted this job <laughs> yeah and, and it's also another thing that they can pick up on when you want it too much so that's where when you're having fun you won't have that desperation it's always good to just have a good time and leave and forget about it and just go on with your day and keep having fun very stellar very stellar <laughs> again thank you for a moment of your time and thank stellar. you how is it in texas right now is it is it warm or oh yeah <laughs> it keeps going back and uh, forth I, between the 40s to the 90s <laughs> here too uh, it's strange weather now i miss living in texas my sister lives in plano so and my nephew but i'll get back out there one of these days hopefully i, I hope they stay safe out there <laughs> me too <laughs> well have a wonderful rest of your week absolutely great meeting you and likewise hopefully talk with you soon assume thousand percent We'll return after these messages. Hey, feeling down? Feeling low? Not enough podcasts about movies in your life? Why not try... They must be destroyed on sight! The new Podcast Cure-All, sure to get you right with the world and on a path to better living. We have exploitation, we have Italian horror, we have zombies, we have slashers, we have crime films, we have spaghetti westerns, we even have sci-fi and sex comedies. So take a dose of... They must be destroyed on sight! As needed, and let the hosts, Lee Russell, Daniel Harper, Paul Romali, and the odd guest host, Cure What Ails Ya. Warning, may cause atrophy, African consumption, black fever, bone shave, chin puff, colic, cramp colic, dropsy of the brain, elephantitis, grocer's itch, jaundice, mania, miasma, mortification, palsy, pox disease, rheumatism, scurvy, St. Anthony's fire, summer complaint, and worm fit in some people. Consult a physician before listening. Did you ever see a film at such a young age it left you traumatized with cinematic wounds? Uh, necrophilia. Uh, uh, uh. It's a dead issue, man. Don't don't push it. Cinema Psyops is a weekly podcast documenting an ongoing experiment on the mind of an unwilling test subject. No one should have to watch this movie. Oh, no one should have to watch this. No one should have to watch this movie. Surprisingly, it's not a topic that a lot of people really want to tackle. I'm shocked, prudes. I know, really. Right? It's the next sexual frontier that no one wants to explore. I am, in the most sincerest of senses, disappointed in you. It takes a powerful goddess like Connie, jam her arm down the monster's throat and kill it. I'm still tripping out over that. Even as a kid, I was like, I gotta find a girl like that. Every week, I, I get a new look of disappointment that I never thought I could get it's out of. It's unimaginable. At 12 years old, you should not be watching this movie. Obviously. At 13, you should not be. 14, you shouldn't be. I'm not entirely sure even 17-year-olds should be watching this movie. Just because you're offended by something doesn't mean that you have the right to demand that it doesn't exist. Watching this film again, I had all of this like little nerd glee with everything Dude, that kept Little history up. doll yeah, popping up absolutely. at you. So I totally loved this film. Hey, I know why you, you know, couldn't see that. It's because your brain's warped watching this shit at 12 years old. Yeah, this is this is a rough movie. I told you ahead of time when we were getting ready to do it that it was How did you watch movie. this shit at 12? Because physical wounds heal, cinematic ones don't. Listen to Cinema Psyops. Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late-night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. 
Greetings, friends. My name is Dean Legero, and I'm the host of the 3324 Podcast. I invite you to join me and my lifelong friend, Eric Kuber, to come with us as we discuss the music and movies that shaped our life. Each week, we'll pick an album or film that we really connect to, and not only give you some great info and trivia, but also discuss, debate, and celebrate what it means to us and the journey it took us on. We also look forward to hearing from you and giving us some of your picks for us to check out and discuss. I think it'll be a really fun experience, so come along with us for the ride. You can find us on your favorite podcast provider and at 3324.buzzsprout.com. Thanks for your time, and welcome to the 3324 family. It's time, let's check our cue, baby. Pair it with a couple brews, baby. We love your movies. We love the bad ones, too. So we watch them all and pass their lessons on to you. Oh, yeah. Everything I learned from movies helps to make life a little bit groovy. With a one-life plot holes and gratuitous boobies. It's time to get busy with your friend Steven Izzy. At eilfm.podbean.com. Follow us on the web on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The podcast is available on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Apple, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Feel free to review our show and leave comments on any of those sites. Thanks a million for listening. It's a